Before we get started, I want to talk about sponsors that help make this show possible. I've partnered with swimming companies that can serve our international audience. I'd like to introduce our newest sponsor, Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment, or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. One of the best ways to build power in the pool is by using a tower. I got introduced to Chuck Destro. Because of the way Chuck designed them, they can break down and ship in a much smaller box so they can ship anywhere in the world for a reasonable price. Use code BRETT at checkout and save $150 on a double swim tower. That means if you order two, you can save $300. Order four, save $600. Go to destromachines.com to get your team stronger in the water today. I'm giving away not one, but two Swim Nerd Pace Clocks on the first night of US Olympic trials. Find the link in the show notes to enter. Marcelo Cherigini! What's <laughs> up, man? How you doing? What is up, Brad? Good, man. Good. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Long time we don't we don't talk. Hey, you know that? Yeah, I miss it too, man. Yeah, for sure. What's How going on? Where, where are you at? You're in Rio. Yes, I'm in Rio right now. I'm drinking some Rio de Janeiro coffee. Oh, nice. Rio, man. How's Brazil? From everything I've heard, it's been wild there, crazy with the with the COVID, right? And and everything that's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's been crazy, crazy here. Uh, in in Rio specifically, it's a little different. It almost feels like it's a different country. It's crazy here. Uh, when uh, the country is really bad with the virus, but here for some reason everything is open. You know, all the restaurants are open and. Uh, oh really. Everything's working here. Yes, yes. Oh. For some reason, it's in Rio is different. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have to wear a mask everywhere you go? Yes, yes, pretty okay. much everywhere. But everything is working here. You know, all the the supermarkets, the restaurants, and uh, everything's fine down in Rio. São Paulo is a little different. You know, more restrict. But yeah, we at least we're able to train here. We're we're training in uh, Maria Link. You know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a great facility. You know, the pool is amazing. You have a great uh, gym, you know. 
there's a lab where we can do all, all our uh, exams, the blood tests and everything. So it's it's been really good to train here in Rio. So from what I understand, the Brazilian Federation made the decision to bring in a lot of the top athletes from around the country. What was it a few months ago? Yeah, we we uh, came down here on beginning of Jan January, January 4th. We started to, to train for the Olympic trials mm -hmm. and uh, we've been living here. You know, we've been living and training here since then. Oh, wow. And so where, where have they got like, where are you actually staying? We're staying at a hotel. It's wow. walking distance, you know, to the pool. We actually bought a electric scooter, you know, to, to look easier <laughs> to go to the pool. So you've been living in a hotel for six months? Pretty much, yes. Oh, yes. Man. Wow. Yeah, it's it's not uh it's not that easy, you know. And uh I get to go home usually on the weekends, you know, it's just one hour fly from home and then I go to see my girlfriend, my family and everything. And uh, that makes it a little better, but it's good. And there's the good points and then there's the bad sides and all of it, but everything's for a good reason. You know, you, you got to do what you got to do, right? You got, you want to make the, you want to make the Olympics first of all. So you move there and then you want to go to the Olympics. So you stay there. And now, um, yeah. How, how have you felt about your preparation in the pool itself? uh we had a uh actually really good preparation you know uh we were able to train you know really hard do everything that we needed to do you know mm -hmm. uh, we did uh an amazing job in the gym you know we did a lot of tests here you know blood tests we're uh following every month actually every three weeks we're doing some blood tests to see the levels of our, our vitamins and hormones and everything uh so we did a really good preparation the thing is, here in Brazil, we don't have uh, ways to compete, you know, in the beginning of the year. I think this is what was lacking for us. You know, we don't have meets here in Brazil. Right. So you, you train, train, train really hard and you think you're good. But you don't have, you know, you don't have a notion where you are at. You know, mm -hmm. you don't know if you're going 49 lows or 49 highs or 50 point or 48 high. That's, you know, a, a really strange for me, you know. We didn't compete a single time before our trials. We didn't have any meet here to compete, you know, because of the COVID and everything. So we are racing uh, against each other in practice. But, you know, in practice, it's totally different to race. So the preparation itself was good, you know. But I think for me, not racing, it was a little, you know, wasn't perfect for me. Yeah, man. I mean, it was, it was kind of disappointing because you finally cracked 47 last preparation, you know, how many times did you actually swim 47 last year? Four times. Four times. I swam 47 in uh, 2019 trials for the world championships. Okay. And then at the world championships, I swam all the three times 47 prelims oh. of the free semifinals and finals. Right. Right. So it'd been, it'd been since 19. Okay. But, but you finally, I mean, it took you, six years yeah. before that i mean you were going 48 one like it was your job there for a while <laughs> i mean yeah. I, I lost count of how many times you went 48 one um yeah, but yeah. to finally go 47 it was like okay now he's playing with the big boys and then obviously i think in trials was disappointing to finish you ended up finishing was it fourth yeah i don't know if you 
if you saw that it was it was a it was a mess you know Charles was a mess right it was, it was a mess it was a mess so many things you know besides swimming it wasn't just swimming we had the kid that you know tested positive uh, on a drug test and then they made a Gabriel that finished ninth in prelims that gave him a second chance to swim again you know so the guy that actually won the race what's his name uh Andre Calvelo Andre Cavello. So he he actually yeah. wins the race. He goes what 48 41. 48 1 and then within a couple of hours or so they come back and say he failed a, a drug test, right? Yes. It, so they took that result away from him. So you pretty much if you take the result everybody moves a spot, right? Mm -hmm. So Gabriel which uh, he went 49 2 in prelims, he didn't make the final. Right. He was ninth. Right, so because of of Calvillo was out, uh, the federation gave Gabriel a second chance, you know, to swim again. Mm -hmm. And then Gabriel swam, I think, two days two days after that, and then he ended up going forty four, and then he took the second spot, you know. Oh well, yeah. this time they actually allowed him to kind of jump everybody, not just make the relay team, but like actually get a spot yes. in the individual swim as yes. well. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. And the, the, the time to, to swim the individual in the Olympics was 48.5, I believe, and he went 48.49. Oh. So they gave him this, the, the spot to swim. Him and Pedro Spajari, they swim the, the race, you know. And this is the first time in how many years for you since you haven't had the individual spot? The first time I swam the individual spot was in 2013, Barcelona. You know, I was still, you know, you're still my coach there. Wow. Years ago, yeah, it was it was pretty frustrating for me. It was really, really frustrating. You know, I I was uh, frustrated and I was you know anger. I didn't know. You know, sometimes you don't understand how you you know. I did everything right. You know, me and my coach we did everything right. You know, here in Brazil, we have um, you know a full staff. You know, taking care of us. We have doctors, nutritionists, uh, psychologists, everything. But I think this whole thing of not not racing enough, you know, I was since right. I was I could I didn't race since long course. I think was uh, Guangzhou, you know, twenty nineteen. Mm. I raced uh, in the league short course meters, but I didn't I didn't I didn't have the feeling of racing, you know, long course. I kind of lost that that thing. Do you know when you go okay? Uh, Go out in twenty two six and then try to go mm -hmm. twenty two six. You know when you're fully ready, you know exactly in your head. You know, okay, the feeling of going twenty two six. You know, yeah. And I, I wasn't, I, I didn't know what twenty two six or twenty two nine would feel like. You know, right. I didn't have that feeling, the sharp feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah that touch. Mm -hmm. So I, I was, I was ready physically, I think, but you know, I didn't have that touch to to be able to to visualize the race in your mind, you know? Yeah. Man, listen, it's disappointing, you know. Uh, look, you, you got some great swimmers there, You got, and, and there are a lot of them are your friends, but at the end of the day, you want the spot. I mean, you've, you've been in Olympic finals now. You've been in World Championship finals. You've been so close to the podium. I really felt like your time was coming. It was like, okay, now we, we finally get to 47, and, and now your time is there, you know, and, and to miss out. But look, You've always been a team guy too, you know. So I don't think, I don't think you're totally disappointed about being part of the relay team. You're gonna, you're gonna perform for those guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. After, like I said, after you know a few days, uh, 
that the trials passed. I was frustrated. I was a little angry. But then I was like, listen, we have a great relay, you know. We have three other great guys swimming really fast, and I think we have uh, a chance to get a medal. So let me, you know, uh, turn the page and forget about this, and let us let me focus on being a leader for those guys and then focus on the relay, you know. I always love to swim relays, like you said, you know. I always love to swim relays for the guys at Auburn, for Brazil, always. I actually started liking it more in, in Auburn, you know. Yeah. when we won the national championship two times and so i i love swimming relays you know and yes we have a great relay and now i'm excited i'm excited and focused to to swim the relay look i've got a very close relationship with you obviously i've got a very close relationship with bruno fratis who i'm who i'm still coaching um you know now and uh you know so i have no doubts about you i have no doubts about bruno but you know while we're on the topic i mean Brazil's had some drug issues, man, over the past yeah. 10 years. It's like really disappointing because I see how hard you work. I see how clean you are. And Bruno, we all know Bruno. Bruno yeah. is so disciplined. And every athlete in the world who knows Bruno would say the same thing. And, and the same for you. So it's like it's so disappointing when you have these guys, you know, win races at trials and then test positive. It was clear that he was on drugs you know and so my my thing here is you know what's wrong in brazil like what's wrong with the education what are they doing what aren't they doing in your opinion that they should be doing because we've ha we've had too many you know instances. Yes. yes well i don't have an a exact answer for you you know they're doing this or that but you know first of all i don't want to judge andre before the trial you know i don't know what's going to happen you know if he actually did take the drugs or not, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to judge him. Oh, you know, he, he looks, he looks bigger or not. You know, you know, I look strong too. So, but uh, if he actually did took the drug, he's really disappointed. Like you said, we, I've been, you know, swimming the hundred first hours since, you know, 20, 2012, you know, I've been working so hard, so hard. And mm -hmm. I've been trying to get on the podium, like you said, many, many times. And I've come so close and it is really disappointing, you know, to a news to come out like that. And especially, like you said, for Brazilians, we had so many bad news, you know. Honestly, I don't, I don't know, you know, why, why, why this is happening, you know. Um, just really frustrating, you know. But honestly, I don't know why. Do I they do education? Do they do drug education in Brazil? I, yes. Like, do you actually do it? Yes, yes, absolutely. We have... We also have a drug test, a lot of drug tests here. Sure, so, sure. I understand the drug testing, but like obviously Brazil's got some sort of cultural problem where there's been just too many. And and what it's doing is it's giving you a bad name, it's giving Bruno a bad name, it's giving the athletes that are 100 percent a bad name, right? Country, yeah. I mean, come on, no one can really trust you anymore. It's you you're getting in the realm of China and, and Russia where there's just yeah. Anytime someone from Brazil swims fast now, it's going to be like, oh, well, they're cheating, right? And, and I don't want that for you or, you or the country. But come on, like something's wrong, really wrong. Yeah, I mean, honestly, but I, I don't know why, you know. Uh, for instance, when somebody get caught, you know, using something, it's, you know, it's going to show up in every every big news here in Brazil, what substance he, the guy took, you know. And obviously everybody gets scared and be, listen, 
for instance, we had the problem with uh, when uh, Caesar, you know, tested positive, and um, and then he ended up, you know, being clear, but and was contamination with a manipulation pharmacy here in Brazil, you know, where you go and manipulate your caffeine, anything, you know, and then everybody after that knew, okay, we. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not getting my caffeine in a in a pharmacy where they manipulate other drugs because right. it can be contaminated, you know? So that was, you know, clear. Nobody does this anymore here in Brazil. Because mm -hmm. you have the chance, you know, you have a, you, you can be contaminated, the supplement that you're manipulating, you know? Right. right. But other than that, I don't know why, honestly. It's, it's, it's very simple, you know? It's very simple. Don't use anything that you, you don't uh, know where it came from, you know? Only use uh, supplements where you have the, the label. It says, you know, I forgot what it says, but uh, that is totally clean. You know, it, it has been tested, you know. Right. But I don't know, man. Honestly, it's it's frustrating. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on from that. Let's tell us a, a little bit about your story because you have an interesting story. You started swimming late and, and yeah. came on the scene really late. So... Talk to me about, you know, when you were kind of around the age of when you started to really get serious about swimming. All right. So I started swimming when I was uh, 16 to 17 years of age. Wow. That's uh, so late. Yeah. Very late. I started swimming actually because of my brother, my brother, uh, Felipe. He was he was the athlete of the family. You know, he used to uh, he used to do a thri triathlon and um he used to swim open water a little bit, and uh, at the time I was living with uh, with my parents in Itu. It's small, it's a small town outside São Paulo, and uh, I was craving, you know, being a part of something. You know, I was just a regular teenager and just playing soccer and tennis, and but I was craving, you know, being a part of something. I wanted to dedicate myself into some sport, you know. So I remember at the time. It was in 2007. I was uh, watching uh, the Pan American Games, which was here in Rio, in the pool that I'm training right now. Mm -hmm. And I remember I uh, watching Cesar Cielo, uh, Nick Nilo, Nick Santos. They're swimming, you know, so fast and winning for Brazil, winning medals with the relay. And that caught my attention. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. This is so great, you know, to, to do a sport and represent your country. So... I remember it was around that time that the Pan Americans was going on here, and my brother one day, you know, came to to spend a weekend with us with my parents, and he was like, "Hey, Marcelo, let's go swim with me. I'm going to the gym right now. Let's go swim," you know. And like I said, I was in the time I was searching for, you know, to to do some, to take some sport seriously, you know, to dedicate myself into some sport. And then it was on a, on a Saturday. He was like, let's go to the gym with me. I'm going to go for a quick swim. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. I didn't know how to swim at all. Obviously, I, kn I knew how to swim, but not to train <laughs> and do the, the right stroke and everything. So we got there to the gym, and then um, the guy that was uh, that was teaching, he was like, hey, Marcelo, just for fun, let's do a 50 all out. You know, let's see. I have the stopwatch here. Let's see how fast you can go. And I looked to my brother and I was like, he was like, yeah, let's try it, try it. I was like, okay. And then I did a 50 all out, you know, the, the way I could. And the guy timed it and he was like, damn, do you swim already? Do you know how to swim? Do you train? I was like, no, I never, you know, I never trained 
swimming before and never had a, a practice, you know. Do you remember like, what the time was? No, I don't remember. It was short course meters, but I remember the guy was impressed, you know. I can't remember the time. And then he goes, why don't you, you know, join? We have a, a, a team here in E2. Why don't you join the, the city team here? And I was like, yeah, sure. It's not a bad idea, you know. And then since I was looking for something, he was like, you know, I can swim, I guess. Let's let's try this, you know. <laughs> and then uh, I joined the team, I think, in the week after, you know. I went there and talked to the coach. His name was uh, Marcelo, same as mine, Marcelo Machiuso. And then uh, he was, yeah, you can join the team. Uh, I think there was around uh, 30, 30 uh, young swimmers, you know, from all age. Boys and girls. What year was this? It was 07. 07. 2007. Okay. And then I started to swim there. And then uh, after a month or so, I called my brother say, hey, you know, I'm doing really well here. You know, I'm, I'm improving a lot. And uh, my coach says, that, you know, I, I'm improving a lot and I have a future. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, I'm going to talk to my coach here. And then he called his coach and said, uh, listen, uh, his, his coach – also, the name was Felipe. Felipe, who, who trains uh, Leo Gideos, Nick Santos nowadays. Uh, my brother goes, hey, my brother back in E2, he's, he's, he started to swim, and I think he's doing pretty well, you know? And then his coach goes, okay, bring him here. I want to see him, uh, how he swims. I go to Sao Paulo, you know, for, for a little, you know, test. And then uh, my brother's coach sees me sw swim, and he goes, man, you you have a really a real talent here you know you can uh, actually be a professional swimmer you know if you come live in Sao Paulo and train with me every day like a professional swimmer i think in about in about of 3 4 you know in a 6 6 months period i think you you can be very competitive with the guys in your age you know so that's what i did so in january of 20 in 2008 i moved to Sao Paulo to train with Felipe Dominguez, which was my brother's coach. And then it was, it was crazy, Brad. You, from there, in amount of two years, I was going 49 long, long course, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Um, I remember, when, I remember we, when we started uh, training with Felipe, uh, we would do some tests, some 100 free all out, you know, from a push, you know, short course meters. And I'll go 102, and then next week 101, and I was dropping a second, you know, every week. It was, it was crazy how fast I was improving, you know. And then uh, from there, my my career really took off, you know, really took off. Yeah, I mean, listen, if anyone's seen you swim, you have one of the most beautiful techniques. I mean, it's, there's obviously a natural talent there, but you've now coupled that with working hard. But I think everybody who met you initially you know just knew from the get-go like this guy's talented and and the first person i actually heard about you from was caesar cielo caesar said hey got this kid in brazil you got to bring him to auburn he's really talented he's been swimming for about a year and i think he's going to be good i'm like <laughs> caesar, are you crazy he's been he's been training for a year and you want him to come swim at auburn like this is one of the best programs in the world. We we just had Fred Busquet here breaking all <laughs> records. Like, why would I bring a guy who's swimming for a year? But um, you know, uh, he he kept he kept telling me, kept telling me, and, and he wouldn't stop. And so, how did we end up? Um, who was the first person you talked to uh, from Auburn? Uh, so I remember when um, 
when Caesar broke the world record in Brazil in uh, 09, you were there watching, I remember. Yeah. Uh, I went 49-2. That was my best time at a time. And then um, I remember, well, first of all, let's back it off a little bit. When Caesar won the gold in 08, you know, it was in probably August of 08. I had just, you know, I was swimming for six months, you know. So I first heard about Caesar. I was I was starting to, to hear heard about Caesar, you know, in 08. And then when he won the, the gold, I was watching with my brother. I was like, oh, my God, where he's this guy is amazing, you know. He he become immediately, you know, um, somebody that I was looking up to, you know. So I started, you know, doing some research about Caesar. Who is Caesar, you know. Oh, Caesar Ciela trains at Auburn with uh, Brett Hawk and Fred Busquet and all those fast guys. So that immediately became kind of my goal, you know. Oh, my God, if I want to swim fast, I want to go to Auburn, you know, to train with those guys. Those guys are amazing, you know. Smart. You were you were talented and smart at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when I went, you know, a year after that, at the end of 2009, when I went 49-2 long course, I was like, okay, you know, I think I, I, I wanted to start. How can I go to Auburn? Now, I want to train in Auburn. How can I go there, you know? So um, I remember I, I looked for a – there was a company in Brazil where you – they would do this – this um, they, they contact the university for you, you know. The matching coaches. program, like they get you. Yeah, over. exactly. They they will help you to go to do this this contact and help you to to go to the to US. Right. Yeah. And then um, I remember Caesar coming back to train a little period in Brazil. So we would talk a lot about you know going to Auburn and everything. He explained me everything, how it goes, how what I needed to do. I needed to, um, you know, do the the English test to do, to get my uh, approved in the university and everything. And I believe uh, Caesar started talking to you and started talking to me. And at the same time, we have this this program contacting contacting the university. And then um, I remember at some point, um, I think you sent me an email. The conversation were already, you know, we were talking a lot by then, and. Um, you invited me to go to a recruiting a recruiting trip in uh, mid 2010. It was August of 2010, I believe. And then uh, I went there on the the recruiting trip, and then I just fell in love for Auburn, you know, fell in love for the team, and I really liked you, liked all, everybody. And uh, I was like, I and then I came back home. I was like, I was talking to my dad, and I was like, man. I really want to go to Auburn. That's it. That's that's where I want to go to train, to go to school and to live and to, you know, focus on my swimming. And then in January of the next year, in 2011, that's where I started to – I went to Auburn. I started to study there and to train there. Well, listen, man, I really liked you too, and so I'm glad it, it worked out that way. Um, I think we just hit it off straight away. Uh, and yeah. You, you to me you're one of those guys it doesn't matter if i don't talk to you for five years you know like the moment we speak again is gonna we're gonna pick up exactly where we left off the last time you know and yes uh, Thank we you. Thank we you. developed a very strong relationship over the time and uh we had many good moments you know many many interesting moments and uh, many challenges yes. but uh, <laughs> but it was it was such a great experience man and um 
you really grew over those four years at, at Auburn. Um, was what was it about Auburn at the time that helped you grow so quickly in, in the sprints? Well, first of all, when I when I got to Auburn, I was just so young, you know, I was 19 years old and uh, I, I didn't have much about background swimming, you know, I didn't have much of a, I couldn't train hard enough, you know, I, I was, I, I'll get, get, get tired easily, you know, so I was really raw when I went to Auburn, I didn't have any, and my technique wasn't so good, so I had a lot to grow when I, you know, when I moved to Auburn, but I think, um, there's a lot of great things about Auburn. The people, you know, uh, you as a coach, everybody that was, all the athletes, you know, Fred being there, you know, uh, I remember uh, Adam Brownie, Colton Norris, Carl Krug, you know, there was a, a great group of sprinters there, you know, they actually really helped me grow, you know, and, um, and I think the program itself, you know, how we race almost every weekend, the dual meets, and then we go to SECs, NCAAs, we train so hard, and I think there's there's a lot of things that help me grow, you know. But um, tell me this, um, tell me this. You know, people always ask me all the time, like, what was happening at Auburn during that time? Like, why was it so good? Why was there so many great sprinters around that time? And you were part of it. So, in terms of like specifically some of the things that you were doing on a daily basis that helped you become a great sprinter. What were you actually doing? I think um, I believe that, you know, at a time for any sprinter in the world, if you walk in, in, in the pool deck at Auburn, you breathe, you know, you know, fast swimming. You see all those uh, Cedar Cielo posters, the Fred Bosque, all those those banners hanging up, you know. I think the environment, you know, just helped you to, to, to uh, want to work super hard, you know. And then you had you had a uh, PK, you know, the strength coach, in, you know, amazing strength strength coach, you know, um, actually that helped me a lot to to grow as a sprinter, you know, to have that that power, the strength. Um, but I think overall, Brad, the the workouts was, you know, it was amazing the workouts that we used to do. But I think the main the main thing was the environment, you know. Everybody was so obsessed with. I remember the, the the relay, you know, the first day I walked in Auburn, everybody was talking. Okay, you're gonna be on the relay, you know. Auburn have this amazing um, history of winning, you know, relays and winning NCAA's and in the SEC. So I think the the whole sprinter background that Auburn had, it just helped me motivate. You know, it was so motivating. You know, if you if you if you look back, all those great sprinters that Auburn had, you just you want to be a part of something, you know. And um, if you think about the Auburn sprinters, it's it's so you know so high the level. You don't want to go there and be you know here. You want to you know match that level, you know. So mm -hmm. that that um, gives you the uh, the the willing, you know. Uh, you really want to work hard to match all those names, you know, Caesar Cielo, Fred Bousquet. Matt Target, you know, George Bouvel, they were heroes, you know, for Auburn, for, you know, in the swimming world. So you really want to, you know, that was my desire. You know, I came here to Auburn to be one of those guys, you know, and to be an inspiration for those those younger guys that they are going to come after me. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, you make a good point because people always say all the time, well, you know, what was the workout you were doing here? And what, what was, um, you know, it wasn't really the workout itself. I mean, we were sprinting. Don't get me yeah. wrong. You know, yeah. we were doing power sessions. We were doing, you know, all the different levels of sprinting, top end speed, front end speed, back end speed. You know, we were doing crazy kick sets. We were, we were using buckets. We were anything that you could do to become a faster sprinter. We were doing it. Yes. I mean, we were doing recovery workouts as well, which was important to the process. But really, it was the environment where, like you said, you walked in and everybody around you demanded that you get better. And that's what it came down to. It was like everybody held you accountable to, okay, Marcelo, you got talent, but you got to maximize it. And, and we need you. You know, you're going to take over this person's spot when they leave. And yeah. it was kind of like this handing down process. You know, you would move up one spot, someone would move out. Then you move up another spot, someone would come in behind you. And it was like this process of like learning and growing and then giving back and then next person in and then next person. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that was that was the the process, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember, um, I remember exactly with uh, with with Zach, you know, Zach Apple. You know, he when he walked into the team, you know, I was I was uh, swimming, you know, very, really fast, and then he he walked in. He was just just a kid, you know, a skinny kid, and then I remember watching him, you know, swimming faster and faster and faster. I was like, I was so proud because you know somebody was, you know going to replace me you know and then we had uh we had peter we had kyle darmody i remember that i think i i helped to to create this this thing you know and move on to those guys you know mm -hmm. and then uh it was really was really nice to see those guys to swim fast and obviously zach right now it's he's killing it you know it's really nice to watch him but like you said it wasn't exactly the workouts although i used to love the workouts you know it was really you no, know, in the warm pool we used to do really creative workouts. You know, it wasn't one of the, those those things that I used to love to train with you was that I remember every day you write something on the board. You're like, okay, what are we gonna do today? You know, mm, let me see. And then you write something, you know, totally different from you know the day before or the week before, or the month before. You was something new that would challenge us. You know, we would sprint. We do something fast. Go underwater. I don't know on the on the bookhead or I don't know what we do, but it was something new almost every day, something really creative, and uh, we race against each other a lot. So the, it was fun, you know. We were having fun, but working hard almost every day, you know, doing the the sprint sets. So the workout was really nice, too, you know. I used to love to work there. Yeah, I called it kind of like randomized. Um sprinting you know like it, it, we're always trying to have the same result but do it in a different way you know creating and we we would use tons of different equipment all the time we would we would throw equipment in the pool sometimes and you're like what are, what are we doing with that you know it doesn't belong in the pool but we'd find a way to utilize it and and create speed or resistance with it um that, that was it was fun you guys were you guys were willing you know to let me experiment on you yeah. you know i think that was the fun part about it but um that was cool man a lot of a lot of fun times but um tell me this uh when when did you um how did you go from being part of a college team to being a professional athlete well um 
I think uh, just uh, I think just growing as a, as a person, I guess. You know, I've, I, looking back right now, um, used to we used to get in, into discussions, but uh, I was just uh, really immature. You know, you know, you know. You, we, I was young. You know, I was 20, 20, 22 years old. I think when I finished uh, my college career. I think you just uh, you just grow as a person, uh, and when, once you finish college career, you're like, okay, now I decided to you know to keep swimming, you know, to make money from swimming, and I think then where you realize that okay, if I if I don't swim fast, I'm not gonna make enough money, and uh, I need to race against those guys that go 47, you know, I I need to really. Need really to pick it up here. I need to focus on everything. I need to focus on my diet. I need to focus on um, training, recovery. I think you see, you realize that this is your life now. This is your job. You know, you this is your work. You're working, you know, and work. Swimming is your work now. You know, you make money off of it. So it's it's a different mindset, I believe. You know, when you're college, you you're young and you wanted to swim fast, but you wanted to have fun. You know. And uh, it's, it's a different mindset. And then I think I, I learned, uh, I took a little while to learn that, you know. After I uh, my last year at Auburn with the college team, I still I was still, you know, learning this, the, the, pro, the process of becoming a profession, you know. And um, I think when I when I moved back to Brazil to train uh, here with, in, in Pinheiros with uh, Albertinho, I saw, you know, um, I saw a difference since we don't have a, a college uh, program in Brazil, you know, it's more of a professional way of uh, facing swimming. I don't know if you understand, but um, and we have a, a whole staff, you know, ready for you. It's not that the U.S. we don't have it, but it, it's different, you know. Uh, we have, uh, I swim for a club, you know, so we have in the club right there, a doctor, like I said, um, a nutritionist, which is my mom nowadays. Um, uh, the guy that films us every day. I know it's just a different environment. It's just only swimming. You know, in the U.S., you have to go to to you know to to school. You have to go to college, and you have to you know do both. When you graduate, yes, you only swim. But here in Brazil, it's a little different, you know. I don't know if you understand. Yeah, it's a professional setting for sure. It's very similar to Australia, actually. You know, they they don't have the college system, but they have professional settings within clubs. You know, where you have all these people around you that work for your performance. You know. Um, yeah. Yes. You know, anyone that knows me knows that I'm big on the psychology of of, of swimming and performance as well. Talk yes. to me about. Um, some of the things that you experienced with me when it, when it comes to psychology? Oh, I have so many, man, so many. I've, I've learned a lot with you with that. And uh, I really appreciate that because uh, I learned over the past years that I think when you train for a meet, you know, let's, let's say you start training January for a meet, which is in August, you know, from January to the, the day before the meet starts, I think it's pretty much physical. But then when the meet starts, I, I would say it's 90% mental. Mm -hmm. And then um, one of the things I remember from the top of my head in 2019, I, I, I think you probably remember that 
I'm, I'm, I was training with Albertinho, but I remember um, I let off the relay in 48-1 and, uh, in the final, and I swam 47-6 uh, in April for uh, in, at trials for the World Championships. And then uh, I, I let off the relay in 48 And then I remember I came back to the room and then you were talking to Bruno on your phone. And then you were like, hey, Marcelo, you know, for the next days, for the individual, for the 100th individual, when you walk in to swim, just smile for the TV, smile for the camera, you know. And that simple thing made me go 47 again. It was something so small, but fascinating, you know. And then I realized that when you when you walk in with a you know serious face, mm -hmm. I think you, you you almost like contract your muscles. Your whole body is is so tense, you know. But when you smile, it feels like you know you're you're enjoying the moment. You're you're free. Your muscles are relaxed, and that's what I did. I walked in, you know, looked at the crowd, and smile, and then boom, forty-seven nine again, you know, in prelims, and then semis forty-seven seven. Finals 47.9. I didn't swim as fast, but it's crazy how those those uh, little things it can make a huge impact on performance. You know. Yeah. Well, um, um, thanks for reminding me. I didn't remember that story exactly, but as you were talking to me about it, I do. You know, like sometimes what I do is I just pick up on body language. You know, you see body language at, at a at a meet, especially, and. Um, and, and you can just tell that they need to hear something, you know, that's going to just switch their mindset a little bit. Be because, look, the performance is there. If you've done the training, if you've done the work, the performance is there. Then all you've got to do is find that little key that unlocks the performance. And, and yeah. like I said, that, that key is it's a mental key. You've got to find a way into the head because you can have the – I've seen people have the best preparation and then – destroy all that work on race day by what they're thinking and and what they're thinking manifests into their body language which then manifests into a performance you know and generally it's a negative performance or one that is less than um ideal for the preparation the work they've done you know yes a lot of the time what you say go ahead uh i remember uh I remember exactly, man. I remember when I was racing in college. I remember you uh, just after the, my race, I would go talk to you and be like, "Hey, listen, you were listen, you were uh, thinking about this, thinking about that before the race, right?" I was like, "How? How do you know that?" I remember you said your body language. Your body language says it all. You know, I I could see what what you're thinking behind the blocks. You know, I remember you're really good at that. And I remember another example. In I don't know if you remember that, but I used to love when you when you come up to me and say, "Listen, Marcelo, you you tell me, okay, I wanted to swim this way. I wanted to go out in, in you know. You say specific stuff like I, I want you to go out in twenty two point eight. You know, came back come back as hard as you can. And I remember in um, in Barcelona at the World Championships in 20, uh, 2013, I remember I swam the the relay in the morning. I let off the relay forty nine, and then. Uh, you weren't there in Barcelona yet, and then you arrived between prelims to finals, and then you 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 were watching the race, you know, through uh through a computer, you know, PC was was the was the guy that was filming, and then you watched the race, and then they decided to put me last on the relay, and then you're like, okay, Marcelo, 
forget about the prelim race you know you did was was pretty bad everything now i want you to focus on going going now in 22 you know i was anchoring the relay and uh, you had me to visualize the race you know you talked to me i could see i could see me swim you know and you're talking to me okay i want you to go in 22.2 i want you to after you turn you know you do the underwater and then you do you talk to me everything that i needed to do and it's funny how every always everything always what you what you told me it happened in the race you know because you were stuck to my head and it was crazy also in uh first time i went 48.1 here in rio uh, you and sammy sammy you guys came down to trials and i remember you talking to me you're like marcelo i, I went to go in 22.8 and then turn and wait a little bit and then you know go as hard as you can on the kick and everything and it happened exactly how you you were talking to me you know and i always really loved that part you know yeah i think i if if i'm good at anything in 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 this world i'm not good at a lot of things trust <laughs> me but uh i do understand sprinting i do understand the 50 i understand the 100 which is surprising to me because i was a terrible 100 swimmer myself i could never get it right for myself but for some reason I watched a lot of hundreds and I, and um, I really do understand the hundred. And um, so, so this comes easy to me. And, and especially if I've watched my athletes over an extended period of time, like a preparation where I know the work they've done, you know, when you've seen somebody re and, and I think that's why it's important to repeat in practices, you know, like, all right, Marcelo, I want you to go 23, four right now. I want you to go 24-4. I want you to go 25-4. Whatever it is, to have that feeling, right? out. Yeah, you just it's a feeling. Okay, Marcelo, I want you to go 27.6 right now. I want you to know what all the different speeds feel like from swimming very easy to swimming very fast. I want you to be in control. It's like having a Ferrari and not understanding how to shift gears, you know? What's yeah, the point yeah. of the Ferrari if you can't shift gears? and understanding the progression of power, the progression of speed. And so that's what I always, I, I, I tried to build you as a Ferrari. And within that, I tried to get you to understand the engine you had underneath the, the hood, you know, like you knew exactly how to hit the gas and release the gas. And that's why I said yeah. to you, like after the turn, hold off on your kick and then bring the legs in, you know, things like that, like little details that, you were in control of and all i was doing was reprogramming your head to say you have control of this go out and do it exactly the way you've been trained to do it you know yeah it was it was funny because it happened exactly the way you said it you know and um i don't know if you remember that i remember another story it was it was one of the craziest things ever happened to me it was at the world championships in kazan in 2015. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you recall that, but in the prelims of the 100 free, after my start, my my hands, they just opened like that. And uh, at the 15-meter mark, I remember I was a whole body length behind, I, I think it was Santo right next to me, literally, a whole body length behind everybody. And then I, I don't know what happened. I think I was so excited to race, you know, I, I really wanted to race so bad that, you know, I was anxious and my start was awful and then my arms they, they just opened like that and then i was 
<laughs> it, was, it was so bad. And I remember you you telling me that you were watching the stands and you were like, oh my God, what are you doing, Marcelo? <laughs> and then you just turned around. But then something happened. I don't know what happened at the moment where I, you know, got my hands back together, you know, and I started to swim. Nothing. I didn't, I didn't think at all. You know, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I'm going to swim. And I was swimming and then I was like, oh my God, I think I'm catching up to everybody, you know? And then I turned, I was, you know, a little less behind. Then at the last 15, I was pretty much with everybody. And then, and then I ended up going 48 or 49 and qualifying to the semis. And then you were like, oh my God, how, how did you do that? <laughs> what happened there? And then this is something, uh, an example of how, you know, if we can tap in the mentality of, uh, you know, not thinking and just going, we can do amazing things. But it's, it is really hard to go into that mode, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, we're at the World Championships. We've been training for months for this. We've been preparing for years. We've been dreaming about this for years. You're finally behind the blocks. You're next to Santo Condorelli, one of the fastest swimmers in the world. I mean, the crowd is here. Your coach is there. And who's not going to be anxious? Who's not going to want to swim fast? Who's not going to want to try really hard, you know? Yeah. The harder you try, the more chance you have of making mistakes, like splitting your hands on the start and over swimming and, you know, pressing too hard on the water where you, you know, burn up your, your energy capacities and, and create a lot of lactate. So, look, it's very common. It's very normal. But the, the best sprinting comes from relaxation. And... Yeah. So we would always try and put you in very uncomfortable situations in practice and very tense situations in practice so that when you got to the World Championships, that tense moment felt somewhat normal, you know. But look, you're still there and, and it's still very difficult to perform under that. But what you proved for yourself in that circumstance, and it was in Kazan, right? 2015 yes. please if you can go back and watch everybody that's listening right now if you can go back and watch the prelims of the 100 freestyle and watch marcelo swim that race oh my <laughs> gosh uh what a what a performance but literally a body length behind you finished you qualified 16th for for the semi-final and then you actually qualified for the final coming out of lane eight you know last place and then you qualify and i think you ended up fifth or sixth in the final but yeah, uh, yeah, fifth, yeah. I mean, from a guy that was literally a body length behind. But look, it's just about relaxation, and, and that's what you did really well. You didn't panic under those circumstances and had a great swim there. So I do remember that. That was that was crazy, man. That was awesome. But. I think that I think uh, every sprinter, if you can develop, or I think it should be the priority for every sprinter to develop, uh, first of all, like you said, the relaxation is hard. It is actually really hard, like you said, when you were at a Olympic final or a champ uh, world championship final, not to try hard, you know, because mm. you, you really want to, to win, you know. So it's hard not to try really hard. It's uh, it's almost like you wanted you wanted to go at ninety five percent, you know, not a hundred percent. And uh, the other thing is, um, like you said, every sprinter must have that feeling of knowing. What it feels to go with 22.7 going out or coming back in 24.9 in 25.0, if you can develop that, it's 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 a lot easier for you to 
to plan uh, a race in your head. You know, okay, I want to go out fast, so you know how it feels to go 22.7. I want to go out a little slower. You know how it feels to go 23.0, going really easy, you know? So I think if a sprinter can develop those those two uh, tools, mm -hmm. you know, you can be with, of course, with a lot of hard work, you can be very, very, very good. That's good advice, man. Now, listen, this is going to be a different Olympics for you. I mean, last Olympics, you were, you were at home and uh, competing in front of your home crowd in Rio. This is, this is going to be different, man. It doesn't seem like there's going to be any support for you um, in Tokyo. It's going to be, you know, Japanese people in the stands, but it doesn't seem like anyone else is going to be there. So it'll be weird to go from an Olympics where everybody is on your side to kind of having really nobody there. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's definitely going to be really, really weird. Uh, I think it's two extremes, you know. In Rio, we had those uh, the the amazing the crowd, really loud and you know uh, saying my name and everything, uh, which I think was was kind of tough to to compete in in their the arena with a lot of people screaming. It's not not that easy. Um, yeah, and um, honestly, I don't know what to expect. You know exactly in in uh, in Tokyo. I think it would be easier to race to race with a small crowd and uh, less loud. You know, with less you know emotion and everything. And uh, and I think I'm not sure now, but uh, I heard that only Japanese can watch and not full stand. Right? Am I right? Just half stand of Japanese. I'm not sure. Probably yeah. It's it, there's going to be some restrictions. I'm sure it's not going to be a full stand. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, I think um, if it's not a full crowd, it doesn't give you the, let's say the, uh, you know the, the energy, you know the, mm -hmm. the tingle in your in your hands, you know the, the pressure. But I guess it's I, I, I can imagine it will be something like you know racing in the ISL, of course, a little high expectations, but. The, the ISL didn't have any ex, ex, uh, any crowd watching, so it was a little a little weird, you know. You walk you walk in and those there's no noise, you know. Right. I think at the Olympics, obviously, it's going to have some noise, but not as much as in Rio, you know. Well, just remember this: when you walk out, smile. <laughs> exactly, my friend. Yeah, that was a good advice. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll keep to myself forever, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen. It, is this this isn't how old are you right now i'm 30 30 this this is not the end is it this isn't the last olympics is it no man no not at all okay. um you know i'm i'm at the moment where i'm actually enjoying to train i'm enjoying my life you know in uh, in sao paulo i live close to 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 Pinheiros, to to where i uh, i train my parents live an hour away from uh, from sao paulo all my friends live around me, so I'm, I'm actually enjoying, you know, the whole process. I, I really like to to train, you know. I like to the people that train with me. So this is not the end at all. I think I I can go at least one more Olympics, mm -hmm. or I'm gonna try to go for at least one more Olympics, and then in 2024 I'll see uh, how it feels, you know, if I wanted to go on. But my body feels great, you know. I'm in great shape. My mind is is enjoying it, you know, to the whole swimming thing, you know, to travel, uh, you know, good friends, good people around you, you know. Yeah. 
so I'm enjoying everything. So definitely, this is not the end. I, you know, I'm going for at least uh, another Olympics. Well, yeah, I mean, it's only three years away, isn't it? It's not even four. We're, we're going to Paris. Yeah, we've got exactly. to go to Paris, man, for sure. Yeah, Paris. Two it. years like that, so fast. I'm coming back to the Brazilian team for Paris. Nice. <laughs> we'll see. But um, what about this? You guys have a chance to to win this time finally? Like, you think you have a relay that can that can win the whole thing? Man, honestly, uh, win is, I think it's pushing too much. You know, it's, I think it's pushing a little bit. I think the US, USA and Russia, they have an amazing, scary relay. You know, we saw those, uh, the Russian Olympic trials, and they have some fast guys. And, um, you know, I've been part of so many relays, you know, since 2011. And it's really hard to all those four guys to perform at the time, you know, at, the, at that day. Sometimes one guy swims faster and the other guy swims slower and, and you don't quite make it, you know. So I think what, in my opinion, we have a really strong relay. And if all four of us perform, you know, well at that day, we, we have a chance, you know, to get a medal, you know. And But like I said, we're going to be fighting with Australia, in my opinion, Italy, Great Britain, um, who else? And then there's us, Brazil. Um, am I forgetting any country? I think Australia, Italy, Great Britain, France. There's France also. And then U.S. and Russia. Europe. I think U.S. and Russia are another level, you know? They are... Here. Oh, you're talking about the like fighting for a bronze medal then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we're fighting for a bronze. I think USA and, and Russia, they are really strong, really strong, you know? But like I said, we have a strong relay, and I think we can fight definitely for for the bronze. If all four of us, we seem, you know, our full fully potential. But I mean, if Zach Apple's on the U.S. relay, you are you really going to let him beat you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to try to beat beat Zach. You know, he's been swimming so fast, going 46 in the relays. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. Listen, man, I've loved our chat. It's good to catch up again. Um, always love seeing you. So uh, let's stay in contact over the next few months, man. And uh, good luck at, in Tokyo, all right? Yeah, thanks a lot, Brad. I really love to, to chat with you as, as well. Uh, good to see you as well. And uh, we'll see you soon, man. All right. Kisses thanks. to your family, please. All right. I will, man. All right, man. Take care. Take care.